Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned-out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, casting news is always big for us, and this week is no different. Uh, In the new issue, we talked to Chandler Massey, who is back again as Days of Our Lives is Will, and in the mix of a few storylines, including Leo and Allie's. But what is so fascinating to me is that Chandler has a day job as a data visualization specialist in Atlanta, but he uses his time off from work to go to LA and return to Salem. You know, he says he's so grateful that the show and the producers consider Will to be important enough to keep bringing him back. And, you know, I think it's great for the audience to see that, you know, dose of realism of Will coming home here and there. Now, our cover story for this week is an interview that you did with Eric Braden, who served up some delicious tidbits, including the fact that the previous regime at Young and the Restless wanted to write him and Nikki out, played by, of course, Melody Thomas-Scott. And I mean, can you imagine a Young and Restless universe without the Newmans or Victor Newman? I mean, there is not a person I meet who is a YNR fan who doesn't ask me about him. But I know that you always enjoy talking to him and that the two of you had a really great chat. Yeah, it's always such a pleasure to catch up with Eric and get his take on the state of Victor Newman. You know, I, I feel like a lot of YNR fans are excited by what they see as a return to the real Victor Newman, the powerhouse, take no prisoners, patriarch and shrewd businessman uh, that has been playing out as the Ashland story heats up. And I am here to tell you that Eric himself is no exception. He is really pleased with his current storyline, and I talked to him about all of the fascinating dynamics going on in the Newman family as Victor tries to get the goods on Ashland and open Victoria's eyes about uh, her husband's true colors. I think Ashland is like the best rival we've seen for Victor in a very long time, in large part because they're sort of cut from the same cloth in certain ways. Uh, But I think that, you know, a Victor going to war with someone with such uh, big personal stakes is such a classic Victor Newman kind of story, and I'm really enjoying it. Like, I love a soap rivalry when the basis is well-constructed, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there is nothing more ho-hum than having characters at odds without any real reason for it. Or, like, they're at odds because of some, like, 
you know, very like plot heavy, not character driven reason, like that makes me crazy. Right, exactly. And this Ashlyn Victor drama is juicy and involving the whole Newman family, not to mention Nate and Michael, and I am here for it. Now, one story I'm not sure that I am here for that we're covering this week is a Brooke Deacon reunion on Bold and Beautiful, <laughs> but mainly because I feel Ridge left her like awful quickly for what was, you know, a kiss one night that was barely a thing. I mean, I am still trying to process that breakup before I can even think of her moving on again. Over at Days of Our Lives, there's a big story that I was not expecting at all, and it is that Eli is going to get shot at the hands of TR. So I don't know if it's because Lamone Archie, who plays Eli, is also appearing on All American, a very great show that I watch on the CW, but I kind of had to do a double take when I read it in the breakdowns. Um, so surprise, surprise, TR is still a bad guy, and after a drug deal gone wrong, Eli winds up in the hospital. So definitely tune in to see how that will unfold. And in another surprise, Belle is going to wind up possessed, or presume possessed, after Johnny tries to get suspicion off of him, which I'm sure is so fun for her portrayer, Martha Madison, who doesn't often get to tell those kinds of stories. I feel like as someone who writes scorecard in the magazine and sometimes has to come up with some pretty funky categories to reflect things, <laughs> presumed possessed is definitely a new one. Uh, well, I am so excited to see what Martha does as a possessed or presumed possessed Belle. Uh, when she got to play Jan as Belle, courtesy of a devilish Marlena, Martha was so good and so much fun to watch. I have really become like increasingly fond of the Belle character, and I'm so happy that Martha is on the canvas and that the writers are giving her such good material. Uh, now, speaking of devilishness on B&B, &B, we are going to see Sheila spill more of the beans to Thomas about what really went down with Brooke on New Year's Eve, putting him in the precarious position of deciding whether to share that information or not. And uh, there is yet more casting news to share where GH is concerned. Sunset Beach alum Priscilla Garita is temporarily playing the role of Harmony. Inga Cadranel will be back. And Selena Wu is going to be back in town. Her betrayer, Lydia Look, has been off the canvas for a bit because Lydia was uh, spending time with her family in Singapore. I think fans will really, really be happy to see her back, but I do not think we can say the same for her nephew, Brad. And then finally, it's going to be a bittersweet week for Sydney Michaela fans as we will see her run as Trina come to an end on March 17th. So her successor, Tabiana Ali, will debut later in the month. But what a joy uh, it has been to watch Sydney play Trina these past several years and what a treat that she is our guest on the podcast today. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there are some actors who just really make their mark from the get-go, and Sydney definitely falls into that category. She will certainly be missed, but it's for the best possible reason for her personally. So let's get her on the line to discuss her decision to leave Port Charles. Hi, Sydney. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? Good. Thank you so Good. much. We uh, are we're so happy to talk to you. I mean, number one, the timing couldn't be better. Everyone wants to hear your story, but just personally, because we never got a chance to do it while you were still on GH. You know, Mar and I have talked so much about how wonderful you are, and we just are happy to have you here today. Totally. Thank you. Well, you guys are the sweetest. Um, I'm so excited to do this to let the fans know some insider information, and I'm just excited to talk. Okay, right. well. Let the tea spilling commence then. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so let's start with you are from Los Angeles, and your mom, Sonia, is a professional actress who's done Broadway and TV. So you said that she kind of got you into the business, but what do you remember about how your career as an actress began? 
Yes. Um, so my mom was Nala in the original cast of Lion King, which was really amazing. Um, so she just put me into acting when I was young. I think she just noticed that I had a bubbly personality and I really liked it. Um, my first project that I did was Yo Gabba Gabba, which I believe was on Nickelodeon, which is pretty fun. Uh, so just starting with that and being able to continue has been really incredible. But I started when I was pretty young and I'm just so grateful to have been able to be a part of all of this. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it was like to actually be on the set of Yo Gabba Gabba? Like, how far back does your memory go? Wow. I mean, it does go back. I do remember they were like, I was a fan of Yo Gabba Gabba. So seeing the characters, obviously, they were way bigger than me at the time. <laughs> I remember that. I definitely do kind of being starstruck, like, whoa, what's <laughs> happening? It's, you know, the characters of Yo Gabba Gabba, I, I couldn't even tell you their names. But I do remember that distinct memory of just like the happiness of that, uh, you know, just that experience was just really great. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you actually made your soap debut when you were seven or eight playing a Girl Scout on Days Mm -hmm. of Our Lives. So do you have any memories of being on the day set? I do. Um, I remember it being kind of in a house. We were all in Girl Scout outfits, which was really fun because I do believe I was an actual Girl Scout at that time. But that was pretty much all I remember, but it was super fun. And uh, it's kind of funny how it foreshadowed what I was going to do when I, you know, later in my career. But was, I, I really enjoyed doing that, having a Girl Scout talk. I remember we were talking about, like, what to do if you were in danger or something like that. So I'm sure I wasn't probably allowed to watch the show yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that day, and I had a lot of fun. So one of, like, the really big projects that you did before you joined GH was playing a young Gabby Douglas in the Lifetime movie, The Gabby Douglas Story, where your mom was played by Hello, Oscar winner Regina King. That's pretty incredible. Uh, What were the highlights for you of of working on that movie, which I believe you uh, filmed when you were 10 years old? I did. So yes, I filmed that movie in fifth grade. And it was just a really just riveting experience from, you know, top to bottom. Um, I I remember getting it and being like really shocked because I was like, whoa, I didn't know that this is going to happen. You know, I wasn't really trained in gymnastics, but I was just so excited to be able to do it. So it was actually shot in Canada, which was really fun. I got to meet Gabby Douglas herself. And she was so sweet and bubbly and so young at the time, too. Um, And working with Miss Regina King was amazing. She gave me a piece of advice, which was, you know, regardless of if the camera is really on you or not, to always perform full out. Because when you when your scene partner looks good, you look good. And so I always carried that with me and definitely use that on GH because the camera isn't always on you. Sometimes you're just doing a phone call or sometimes it's just a monologue based on one character, but you still need to give your full performance. You don't mark it just because the attention isn't on you. So that is definitely something that I carried with me, but that was really a memorable experience. And from there, I think I really made the decision, like I really want to do this, not just make it like an extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. Now, had you known a lot about Gabby before you did it? Did you, were you nervous when you met her? Yes, very nervous. I just wanted to portray her well and wanted her to be proud of the film that was like representing her. Uh, I did research her a lot. She had a book that was out. I researched all the YouTube interviews that she had or just like YouTube videos. So it's a lot of research that went into it, but I enjoyed. Big Gabby Douglas fan here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, she, she really, you know, set, made history and paved the way yep. for so many gymnasts after her. So I love just seeing her, and I hope she's doing well. Well, I remember you telling me when we did, like, your first feature interview in Digest about how you made the decision that you did want to, like, go after this, but then you also got kind of tall, and um, you went through a period of time where 
you were like getting really close on projects, but kind of knew in your heart that you weren't going to get them because you were taller than the other, you know, uh, cast members in contention. So when you look back on that time, how do you think you were able to handle being rejected? Because that's not easy at any age, but especially at a young one. And what do you think you learned from it? Wow, that's a really great question. I really think you learn from those experiences not to necessarily put all your worth into just one thing. You know, this type of acting where you audition and you go for it is just so small. Sometimes it can be really confining because for a while before GH, I was really struggling to get like dramatic roles and it was something that I wanted to do, but I was usually always getting like, you know, sidekick neighbor, like, you know, quippy little lines and that's fun for a little bit, but I did want to dig into something deeper. So I think before GH, I was doing a lot of theatrical things. I was acting with Amazing Grace Conservatory with uh, Miss Wendy Raquel Robinson. And so that was like a lot of work we would do even before we put shows on the stage. Like just, you have to learn this monologue. You have to learn a Shakespearean monologue or Shakespearean scene. So just challenging yourself in different ways. And it was also during that period that I really got more serious in dance. So that was when I went to the, I had a full ride to the Joffrey Ballet Commercial Intensive when I was a freshman. And I did get into the Lions Ballet um, Intensive, but I decided to stay home and I did a body traffic intensive instead, which is like a contemporary uh, dance company. So that's when I really like focused in on that and just kind of let that, my focus go towards something that I felt like I did have control over. And what I really loved was dance, you know, they love long, lanky, people so I really felt like accepted and kind of like I, I have found my tribe in a sense so that was really wonderful and I also think it's very funny that when I did get GH the cast is around my height Eden is like five six and Nicholas now is like six foot so it's all like in the same thing and I think now you know I for a period wanted to be shorter like oh, I kind of wish I was shorter but if I had I don't think my life would have been what it is now so mm-hmm. it's really interesting just finding what excites you and if something is not serving you then you can move away from it until it does again so i think that was really beautiful to experience right it's mm-hmm. amazing so uh well outside of performing and dancing you know were there any other activities or hobbies you had growing up or was that um, really your primary focus oh that's a good question um besides those yes besides performing I think school has taken up a good amount of my time. So I don't know if that's necessarily a hobby, but uh, I've really focused on that. I think being involved in my school has also been important. I was on the committee where I would like talk to district leaders during high school. So I would like talk to them and relay like what the student council was doing, which was really fun. I'd also be involved in my church a lot. So I went to like a primarily like Baptist church, but we would have a lot of uh, coalitions with Jewish teens around Los Angeles to talk about like the similarities and differences between our religion. So I set a lot of that up during COVID and I wrote a lot of essays about that. That was really exciting to do. So I'm a pretty good organizer. So I, I will say like planning. I like to plan. I do. I'm a, I'm a planned girl. I mean, I, I feel so unaccomplished just around no, five minutes no, into this chat. Doing it. You're doing it. Do not, do not. I'm We're going to end this call for self-esteem reasons. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so let's get into the GH era of your career. So the audition, I think, came up for you at the end of 2018. And um, in this like terrific and very thoughtful essay that you wrote for Backstage on the subject of authenticity as a performer... You said that initially you weren't sure as you were like researching GH and maybe what soaps were all about, that your own acting style was a 
fit for the show, you were thinking, oh, I'm gonna have to take these dramatic pauses, I'm gonna have to cry on cue. But in preparing for your audition, you decided to cast all of that aside and really lean into making your portrayal as raw and genuine as possible. And I would really love to hear more about those initial reservations and how you came to the conclusion that you did, which was you know, to go in and portray Trina as a real and authentic and complex teenager, which I'm quite sure is precisely why you got the job and certainly seems to me to be why the audience fell in love with you as Trina. Oh, well, first of all, that is so sweet to say thank you. Um, but yes, so I think I didn't know that to be able to see current General Hospital episodes, you'd need to be like on Hulu. But to look <laughs> up the episodes, I just looked on YouTube. And I think that was my problem. So it's like these old episodes from the 90s. And I'm like, what? They're amazing. They're great. But I was just like, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to like match this. I'm not really sure what they're looking for. And I think also something that people don't know is that Trina did not come in with a storyline. So I think all of the teens came in with their own storyline, their own families. Trina did not. Mm -hmm. So she had basic characteristics in the audition, right? Like strong-willed, she was, you know, a kind, good friend, but very, like, general, broad characteristics. So it was, like, really this, like, outline of a person, but these real, like, solidified details also really weren't there, because I couldn't even connect her with anyone in the general hospital town. Mm -hmm. So with all of those things in mind, I was definitely <laughs> a little, like, I'm not sure what to do with this, but definitely after going and talking about it with my mom, it was just like, let's just make it as real as possible. We're not going to try to be anything that we're not. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a great way to go about it just to, I just made it, you know, as real as possible. I remember the sides, they give you fake sides. They don't give you the real sides for the shows. So you don't like, you know, learn any spoilers. But I remember my sides ended up being about essentially like loving my best friend, but telling a guy like I loved him or like really liked him without actually telling him. So just kind of that subtext. And so I just kind of played it as real as possible. Like, this is kind of breaking my heart, but I also don't have the guts to tell you how I really feel. And I remember after that, like first read, Mark Teshner was like, that was amazing. I was like, oh, well, thank you. And then the, you know, second uh, call with everyone, including Frank and just all the executive producers. And Frank was just like, wow, that was, that was really amazing. And the night of, I got the call that I was Trina. So it was all just such a whirlwind of an experience, but I think it really teaches you that, you know, just do what you know at the end of the day. Don't try to be something that you're not. And that doesn't necessarily mean don't act because that's what acting is, but it needs to come from somewhat of a real place. Everything can come from a human place because every character is human. And so that's how we connect with every character and we can find something human within them. And so when you lose the human quality, the character is no longer like, you know, connectable and relatable. It's the difference between like a character and a caricature in a way. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So finding that was, you know, I, I really love doing that. That was something I never felt like I got to do with another character on screen before. So to be able to do that has been such, such a privilege. Cannot emphasize that enough. Mm -hmm. Well, who did you have your callback with? Like, who did you work with in those scenes? So I just, I think Mark Teshner read again, but it was just, all the executive producers, honestly, I can't really tell you because I feel like an audition is kind of like doing a routine. I'm going to bring up gymnastics, I guess. Sure, you know, to like relate it back. But you do the routine like you think you've done it well. And it's like, you know, you finish and then you go. And I feel like the, the memory of what's happening is pretty hazy because you're just running on just 
nerves a little bit and just going and just do it. You know what I mean? So I can't, I can't give you a lot of detail. I can pretty much tell you Frank was in the room <laughs> that after I can tell you what happened before, but during the audition, I have no idea. <laughs> That's how I keep my nerves down. Don't try to remember it. Just do it. Just go. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes. You have a lot of wisdom that, that uh, I'm sure I can apply to my own life. Um, okay. So do you think when you started that you were more excited than nervous or more nervous than excited to start this gig and how fast it moves and all the stuff that comes with it? So that is actually a hilarious point you bring up because no one told me that. So we started with blocking. And like I said, I did have theater training. So when we have blocking, it's something that I had never experienced on a show before. The blocking was that quick. But fortunately, I was trained for that. So I was already ready. I just came up with a pencil, just like I said, theater training, like always have a pencil or pen on you. Always have this. Always know your stage directions. So when it came to it, I wasn't really expecting for those skills to be used, but they were in my back pocket um, nevertheless. So... That was pretty interesting. But when we actually did the scene, I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, that was fun. They were like, moving on. And I was looking like, moving on to what? <laughs> and that was it. That was the scene. Like, it was over. And so then I kind of got into the groove. But I think not being nervous about the fact that I only had one take made it a lot easier. I just kind of did it. I honestly thought it was a rehearsal. And so I just did my first take, like, you know. And I just didn't really think anything of it until they are like, moving on. I was like... Oh, wow. That's <laughs> insane. So I don't think the nerves settled in until like much later, especially when I started getting like bigger lines and things like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite settle in at first. Then. <laughs> that, that was going to happen. So I was like, what? Well, other than what happened on set, what else do you remember about your first day at General Hospital? Oh, man. Uh, I just remember how welcoming everyone was. I remember Frank saying that I did a really great job, which made me feel really amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It was just kind of a regular day getting, you know, introduced to everyone. Everyone was so kind and so sweet. Um, meeting Eden and William for the first time was just so great. So it was just all around great experience. And like, first day on set, I wasn't too nervous. I, I had a lot of fun, definitely. How are the french fries? <laughs> Cold. I do remember that. Cold and disgusting. But I, remember that because I think that was like around the last time we started having food on set because with COVID, if you notice, like insider, I guess, that we have like less food or eat less food because it's a lot more of a hassle to like make sure it's COVID safe, rapid test. Like it's a it's a big thing now. So if you notice, the characters drink a lot more water. <laughs> I like that. Hydration is very important. Very um, okay. So when you took over the role, Trina started to become a bigger character and eventually you were offered a contract. So is that something you had hoped would happen or something you hadn't given any thought to? I did not know that was possible. Um, I came on as a reoccurring character. And so to hear that I was getting my own storyline was, I just, I felt so honored and I just really appreciated the fact that Frank trusted me with that. Like, we're going to give you this huge thing. Here you go. And just let me run with it. And I, I just really appreciated that because I wasn't expecting it at all. Like I said, I really didn't come on with that responsibility. So I think also building the character from the ground up has been fun and kind of discovering her and then getting to interact with these new characters that are coming on because of Trina and then like all these worlds coming around it. So I, I really appreciate that. The, you know, everyone on the team, a lot of people have said, like, because I built it or like built the character up, it's been really exciting to see her like entwined in the storyline. And now, 
you know, I get to pass the torch, which is really great. Like making space is just as amazing as this whole journey has been. So it's just, yeah, all around amazing experience for sure. Well, did you have to think about signing a contract or was it an automatic yes? It was definitely an automatic yes, definitely. But of course I was like, I just so you know, I am planning to go to college. Like I'm telling you guys, it's, I've been working like my whole life for this. And while I appreciate this and I a hundred percent want to do this role, like we have to be ready that when I go to college, I'm not sure what's going to happen if I'm going to be able to stay or go. So I just, we told that up front. So I think that's also a reason that when I left, everyone was so supportive because I know we put it on the table when we first came to the show. Like this is definitely going to be a possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So obviously at first we, we knew Trina as Joss's best friend and also a, a close friend of Cam's, but I think it really became clear to us as viewers of GH that GH knew that you were a star when Trina got the internship at the gallery, which to me signified, you know, that her world was expanding and that she would be developing relationships on the show that were outside of the teen peer group. Right. Were you as excited about that as the fans were? Absolutely. I also noticed exactly what you guys are saying, that it was the first time Trina got to have a world outside of just her friends. And so not only was I nervous, I was nervous to work with Miss Mora. So that was like, oh man, I hope I don't mess this up. But it was really incredible scenes. I really enjoyed them. And um, it, it definitely made space for like the first time I really got to say something and learn something about Trina's character, that she was this enthusiast for art. And then to be able to work with Joel Sartori for National Geographic, you know, these past few or like few months ago was absolutely incredible just to see like Trina's love of art grow and really expand. So yeah, I I really appreciated the switch. And that's kind of when I knew like, oh, Trina's in it now. Trina's getting some good stuff. I love it. Totally. Well, the Trina-Ava relationship was so special. And you know, you're working with Maura West, as you mentioned, powerhouse Emmy winner. So were you at all intimidated when you started working together? She has such a loving and comforting spirit about her. So even though I wanted to be nervous, ultimately, her just aura really just made me feel so comfortable and at home. She was really amazing and always makes me feel good even when I flub a line or do anything like that because she never messes up a scene, ever. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I don't, I can't even recall her ever like, messing up a scene, making us go back, nothing. So she's always on top of it. And I think she forces everyone in the scenes with her to come up to her level, which is always beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it seems like just as, a, as an observer from the outside that the two of you are very personally fond of each other having developed this, this rapport together. Yes, uh, we were. We talked so much about her kids. I, I know so much about her, not only as an actress, but as an incredible mother. Uh, she's very, very fond of her kids. She speaks very highly of them, which I very much love. So she understood, too, kind of college and, you know, college during COVID and education during COVID as well. Um, but she uh, also supported my leaving of the show to continue my college education. I really appreciated that. And she's just been so inspiring and just so lovely to work with. So... Yes, knowing her on and off set has been a, a real, real gift. Mm-hmm. Well, as we touched upon when you began, Trina didn't have a family, and then eventually we found out that her dad is Taggart, whose roots in Port Charles go back to the 90s. We met her mom, Portia, played by Brooke Kerr. So what did it mean to you to get a family, which, of course, is the biggest deal on a soap? 
It is. It was huge. As soon as I got a last name, I knew, whoa, <laughs> they're happening. Things are happening. The character's getting more fleshed out. So it was exciting. I loved it. It made a lot of sense because of Trina's very, you know, <laughs> she is very, very truthful. She likes to say what she means. And that makes sense that her father's taggered and also makes sense why she's so intellectual because of her mother being a doctor. So it just really fit into the puzzle. So even though the team probably saw a little bit of Trina's character before I was able to, all the pieces really fit and work together. It wasn't like her mom was, I don't know, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of an example, but. Uh, Helena Cassidyne. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some villain or something. It totally made sense right. that um that the characters were the way they were. So Well, I just really love the mother-daughter dynamic that you and Brooke created. Tell us about working with her. I am such a big fan of Brooke. I love going into her dressing room and just talking with her. She really is like set mom to me and I love that so much. Um, if you didn't know, her son is actually in High School Musical. So I like to talk about that because I get those memes a lot on my Instagram page. So I like to talk about it with her. And she also gives me great gifts. She gives me great gifts, great book recommendations. And just such a beautiful outlook on life. Like we were talking about, you know, how women in the industry feel like they've when they get aged up, like, oh, you, you get discriminated on your age. And she's like, I don't really think so, though. I think you just move into a new category. She's like, I don't want to play the love struck teen forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's your turn to do that now. She's like, I, I want to play the mom. I want to play the person that consoles you and moves into these more like adult roles as I become older. And I just love that outlook that she has on life. She's so positive and really finds a way to make the best out of everything. Oh, that's awesome. And what about Rayelle Andrews, who plays Taggart? Oh, man, I, I feel like I haven't seen him in forever, but he has been so sweet. He really, really loves GH, and I just love that energy. He he speaks so highly of GH, and I think that's really beautiful, and he's just very, very excited about the show, which is awesome. What Not that uh, there's any sort of possible paternity thing hanging in the air somewhere, but what about Donnell Turner, who plays Curtis? He is awesome as well. I, I really love talking to him. He's going to school as well, kind of learning some behind the scenes film. So I love talking about that with him. He gave me some advice on school and like, I know you're young, but still keep those grades up, everything like that. That was some advice I'd give my younger self. So I'm taking that Donnell. I'm keeping those grades up. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate him. He, he's really amazing. Just big dreamer. And I love that. I love that when people, no matter what their age, just don't stop dreaming. That really inspires me because I never want to think like you get stagnant, like just to keep continuing, keep dreaming, keep thinking about like, what can I do next? What can I do to improve myself even more? And Donnell's definitely the definition of that. Well, Trina also went through a very important rite of passage on a soap, which is getting kidnapped by a psycho villain. Um, <laughs> obviously, it was very traumatic for Trina, especially since it led to the quote-unquote death of her father for a while. But you were amazing in those scenes and got Performer of the Week and Soap Opera Digest for them, in fact. Um, so what do you remember about those days of shooting? They were long. That's what I remember. They were long. And I was like, why am I in a dress? But <laughs> nevertheless, like I said, it was something I never got to explore before on screen. That real sheer panic, um, the, you know, gut feeling of your father dying, all those real raw emotions that I wanted to explore and had never been given a chance to. So I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. It was hard work, but good work. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. 
While Cameron and Trina grew closer in the wake of that crisis, and the show kind of flirted with putting them like really together together, but that didn't so much come to fruition. And uh, even when Cameron later got together with Jocelyn, I think Trina and Joss mostly stuck to their pact not to let a guy come between them. So tell us about your real life relationships with Eden McCoy, who plays Josh, and William Lipton, who plays Cam, who've both been like a big part of your GH experience from the start. Absolutely. It's been so interesting watching us go through teenagerhood together, you know, being on this show and also balancing school and college. So it's all been very interesting, you know, watching us do the common apps together. Um, William and I actually called each other when we both got into USC, which was really funny. So even though I'm a Bruin now, definitely fours up. It was hilarious <laughs> to watch us because you we were on pins and needles, like, are we going to get in? So we both called each other on the same day. Eden already knew she got in because she's a student athlete, which is really incredible as well. But just doing all of that, I mean, seriously, from referring each other to SAT tutors to talking about, like, what's going on in this high school, that high school, to moving to the college experience, to, you know, hearing about frat and sorority experiences, it's been a really fun journey all around. So it's great to have people that can understand this very niche experience of being on not only a TV show, but a soap while also trying to be like a quote-unquote regular kid. So I really will always appreciate that, and they've been amazing friends. Oh, wow. Well, last year you also got to check, get nominated for a daytime Emmy off your to-do list, um, and you actually got word of your nomination on an already significant day. So tell us that story. Yes, that was pretty, pretty incredible. So I remember, like, I knew I wanted to make a video of my reaction no matter what. So I was already nervous. I'm like, if she does not say I got nominated, it's going to be pretty embarrassing. But I like turned off my phone, everything like that. And then I recorded it and I did get nominated, which I was like super like, shocked by a little bit. Um, but it, it just felt really good. It felt, felt really, you know, like it was just meant to be a little bit. I had already been making like my Pinterest board of what I wanted to wear. So I was very excited when I actually got to wear it. Um, but yeah, just, just, I was mind blown a little bit. So what'd, you, what'd you do that night though? Oh man. I feel like you remember better than me. And I feel like went I went to prom. Oh my gosh, I did. <laughs> How did I forget that? Too many things <laughs> happening all at once. You're right. I did go to prom that night. Yes. That was very fun. Um, I went with a guy who I didn't really know that well, but he was really cool. So, yeah, I got to meet some friends, and that's a party, going to Ferris wheel, which was fun. So, like, my first, like, non-COVID experience, which is really cool. That's awesome. What a crazy day. Like, you know, a lot yeah, of people go to prom. Crazy. Very few also get nominated for an Emmy on the same Yes. You know. That was insane, insane, insane. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, a major shift in Trina's world took place in the summer of 2021 when a young man calling himself Victor took a shine to Trina and vice versa. And she would, of course, go on to find out that his real name was Spencer, as in Cassidyne. And the Sprina story took off on the show and among fans. So why do you think that, uh, that this story and this relationship has struck such a nerve with the audience? I was a little bit shocked to see that it did. I wasn't expecting it. So I really, really love to see that the fans were taking such a liking to it. But I think that the fans have always had a love for, you know, beautiful couples. Obviously, the legendary Luke and Laura, 
to then maybe follow in their footsteps. I think the audience was really looking forward to, you know, seeing these two characters from different sides of the tracks be able to maybe come together and be in love. And then, of course, adding Esme, played by the amazing Avery, who is a very nice person. <laughs> you know, adding that as well, kind of that villain of, you know, who does he choose? Does he choose the person he's always known or the person that he may truly be in love with? So I think the audience just loves a good love story. And I love that they love a good love story. That's mm-hmm. enough love for a lifetime. Well, tell us about working with Nicholas Chavez, who plays Spencer, and actually bringing him into your group that you already had. You know, you were quite a trio before he came along. It's been really fun. I, I've enjoyed working with Nicholas. You know, Nicholas is a little bit older than all of us, so I love the older energy kind of bringing that, you know, maturity to it because we've definitely got told a few times on set, like, guys, guys, focus because we're all together. It's definitely <laughs> Lots of laughs. So I really, really love, you know, having Nicholas on set. And, you know, he definitely brings a new light to it. He also comes from that theater background. So really, like, digging into the character. He's always got a reason. He knows his motivation for everything that he's doing in the scripts. And, you know, he's got a lot of pages. Unlike me, he definitely came in with a hot and heavy storyline. So I really will commend him, you know, for that, too. I feel like I kind of got to warm my way up into it. But they just threw him into the fire, and he really, really did well. So congrats to him. Well, Trina uh, was in for quite a rude awakening when Esme came onto the scene um, in the form of Avery Paul, as you mentioned. And we wrote in the magazine that uh, what a terrible person Esme is just really emphasized what an awesome catch Trina is. And in recent weeks, we got a big sense of like just how truly awful Esme is and how awful she is willing to be to Trina. Trina telling her off this past week was absolutely awesome. But tell us first about working with Avery. Avery is super sweet. I love working with Avery. Um, She's also going to college right now, so she's also in the thick of it, and we talk about that, but she's really amazing. Uh, She has such great dreams and, like, hopes for the future, so I love talking uh, to that, or about that with her, and I also saw her on, like, Never Have I Ever, which is, like, a Netflix show, so I was, like, teased her, like, oh, I saw you on Netflix, which is really She's so sweet. On my last day, she gave me an awesome, oh, eight awesome giant cookies, like this big. So she has my heart officially now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, were you excited to get to play that moment of Trina really letting Esme have it? Absolutely. I don't feel like Trina ever gets to get mad. She's always very cool, calm, and collected. So I do think it's funny, though, when I was running my lines in my dorm. It's it's pretty funny. Everyone's like, who are you talking to? Because I'm, like, (laughs) cursing out the wall. But, hey, I've got to run it. I've got to run it. i got to do a full out. That's how you guys get to see the magic on screen. Like, i got to practice it. So it was fun for not only my dorm mates, but probably the people living up and downstairs (laughs) as well. (laughs) People are going to be like, oh, stir clear of her. She has a temper. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the cabin scenes that preceded this were like really painful to watch as a Trina fan. And we got a lot of letters calling out Trina's friends for not being very good friends, not taking good care of her. Uh, But what stands out to you about shooting like the high drama of those cabin scenes where not only did Esme manipulate Trina emotionally, but she also drugged her? Yeah, it was it was really fun. You know, I think during those scenes, I actually purposely make a point, especially during blocking, like not to watch what the other characters are saying so I can really stay in Trina's head. So just kind of knowing that Trina really wants to see the best in everyone and then also playing like being drugged was pretty fun because I didn't know like how over the top would be too over the top. So knowing that I kind of hit it on the head was the most important part for me. But um, that's really what I just tried to think through Trina's, you know, head because 
you know, of course, are all these thoughts, wow, these are bad friends, oh, Esme's so horrible, Nicholas isn't, or, uh, yeah, Nicholas isn't, uh, or Spencer, excuse me, isn't a good guy, like, I can't believe he's doing this, but you have to think through Trina's head, which is, like, trying to see the best in everyone, which is why she's so amazing, but just doing that and then playing drugged on top of it was already enough layers for me, so <laughs> very, very crazy, but fun to play for sure. You've checked a lot of boxes um, yeah. on screen. Yeah. Um, now, on the show, Trina started college last fall at PCU. In real life, we have talked about how you have also started college at UCLA. So how did you end up choosing to be a Bruin? Ah, great question. Uh, well, I knew I wanted to stay in LA, you know, just close to home and kind of where I've always grown up. And I try to convince myself that I'm not really an LA girl, but whenever I go somewhere without <laughs> Apple Pay, I don't know. I'm like, where's the Apple Pay? So I'm starting to realize maybe this is the place for me. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, I knew that and then I kind of just knew that I wanted to focus on somewhere that would allow me to double major that was a little more fast paced. So I kind of knew UCLA was the place for me. And of course, I like the name. It's, it's true. I hate to be that person, but I feel like I put the work in and I definitely want to be able to name drop UCLA as many times as I can. So, <laughs> There we go. Okay. I support that mission for sure. So, okay. So was it challenging to kick off, you know, your first quarter there and juggle your classes, your academic work, and also your job at GH? Yes. I mean, I think my parents and I called it the tester quarter is what we tried to see. Like, okay, is this going to work? Is this actually feasible? And I think what we didn't really expect was how crazy a 10 week quarter is because we're learning the same information that you would learn in a semester in half the time. So our midterms are halfway, like five weeks. So most people are just kind of getting into classes. Midterms are already done in five weeks you are taking finals at the 10th week. So that was a pretty crazy experience. And I was not even taking lots of credits, but it was just good to know, like, this is a lot. And while I was doing it, I was going to the classes and I was going to GH, that middle part of the social life, you know, joining clubs, being head of things, like organizing, which I really love, love to do, performing as well, um, you know, like doing stage plays with other students and things like that. And also, I do want to be able to produce film and TV. So I want a double major. So all of these components, I was like, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to do this again. And I think this may be the point where I have to say, unfortunately, like goodbye to GH, which is really difficult. But I think it may be time. So I think that was kind of where the decision came about. Mm -hmm. Well, did you ever maybe think maybe I won't like did you ever think of staying um or was you were you really committed to be making school your priority I think it was definitely a difficult decision for me but I think ultimately I knew this is what I've been working up towards my entire life I've been doing the extracurriculars I've got the resume down I've studied I've worked really hard for this so I'm only going to be able to do this version of an undergraduate degree once getting the full college experience in that resume and at the end of the day another big thing about UCLA is connections just knowing people will get you so far is what I've already learned just you know being more involved on campus just for these few weeks and so I kind of figured out that if I don't actually get to meet people, like hang out with them, be in clubs with them, have these actual memories and relationships that when I try to get jobs, you know, in maybe another career field or just try something new, it won't actually work because people won't just be like, oh, I kind of think I saw you in class once. So I think it was from there. I was like, I think I really need to take this time. And I think I also realized that double majoring at this really something I want to do. And so 
pursuing two degrees with the 10 week uh, limitation still, I was like, I think this may be the point. So of course there was a little bit of hesitancy, but ultimately, like I kind of said in the beginning, choosing what feels right for you and then, you know, whatever is meant to be, will just come back around. Mm -hmm. I just wish we could clone you. That's what I think needs to happen here. <laughs> Me too. I agree. I agree. A twin would be great. I used to tell people in middle school I had a twin, so maybe if she could come back around now, that'd be great. So um, was it, like, hard for you to tell people at work, or, or do you feel like, you know, to your earlier point, that you'd prepared them for the fact that this might be the outcome? I do think I kind of prepared them that this would be the outcome. I'm sure that whenever I, when I told people, like, at one at a time, hey, I'm leaving for school, everyone was just kind of nodding, like, sad, but understandable. No one was really, like, shocked or, like, clutching their pearls. I think everyone <laughs> knew that. It was, like, a 50-50 chance at that point, like, what's going to happen, staying going. So I do think that I really appreciate that, my mom, for that, like, just preparing everyone at the beginning. Like, I definitely want to be part of General Hospital. I love this so much, but ultimately, you know, school will always come first for me, at least in this sector of my life. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that we set that up well. Well, is there anyone you didn't get to work with that you really wish you would have the opportunity to share scenes with? I always say this, but I wish we had more Marie scenes. I got, like, one, but he was Mike, and it just wasn't – or he I wasn't even – talking to Mike I was like in the same scene I left he came anyway so I would love I wanted more I really wanted Trina to be a mobster a little bit just to you know tear dad off but I don't think they would do that to Trina's character so but maybe you know you never know it's a soap anything can happen so maybe she you know because she came back with that jar of sauce maybe she steals the recipe and it starts a mob war you know we're just we're just spitballing here <laughs> there you go there you go so um I think that your fans have been so freaking classy yes. in, you know, showing you a lot of love, but also extending like such a warm welcome to Tabiana Ali, who will be taking over the role of Trina. You know, are you happy that Trina's story will continue to unfold and be told, albeit with a new portrayer? Yes, absolutely. It's actually so funny. I was just uh, like going to a club meeting at school and and someone kind of walked up to me like, hey, I follow you on social media. Like, you're just doing so many amazing things. And I really think you're making space. And that kind of like took me a second. I was like, whoa. And, you know, just for someone to thank me for making space. And I think ultimately when you start thinking about everything like that, how you're making space for women and for black women and soaps in this field, it, it really puts a lot more perspective so it's not just about me anymore and you know is Sydney going to school Sydney you know forget me for a second it's really about the generation because if Tatiana continues there can be a whole lineage of this you know of the Robinsons and this can become a whole thing and storyline and so I think that's kind of what I took away from it so I wish Tatiana the absolute best she'll have the time of her life I'm sure and um, I'm very excited to see the role continue and I'm grateful to see that the work that I put in kind of planted a seed and that, that feels really good to know. Yeah. Well, we solicited questions for you on Twitter and we got a ton of great ones from your loyal fans along with just a lot of messages of love and appreciation for you. So let's get into some of those questions and we'll start with Danny J who wanted to know what your final day on set was like. Oh, my final day on set was pretty sad. So my final day on set was the scene where I curse uh, Esme out, even though that's not my final scene that's going to be shown. So it's kind of confusing. That was my final shooting day. So it was a little bit sad. I got so much cake 
cookies. Lots, lots and lots to last everyone, all the dorm mates. So they really loved that. But um, yes, it was, it was definitely sad. But I, it felt more like I told my mom, like leaving kind of like a small city, sort of, in a sense. Like everyone's just like, oh, bye, we'll miss you. But it doesn't feel like goodbye forever. It just kind of feels like they know that they're releasing you and that you can always come back. You know, I've gotten plenty of threats to people that if I don't come back, I'll be in big trouble. So. Uh, that's kind of how it felt of that love and that camaraderie of just like saying goodbye at a family reunion versus like saying goodbye forever. So it was really beautiful and sweet and a little bit bittersweet, I guess is what I should say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dion asked, how are you surprised at how much the pairing of Trina and Spencer has resonated with fans and how does it feel being part of something so big that it actually brought people back to the show and pulled in new viewers? Wow. Well, now you're really gassing up my head, but thank you. Um, It feels really incredible just to know that the work that you're doing, you know, really just brings people together. And I I just didn't really realize how big of an impact this love story would have. So I'm glad to know that it does. I'm glad to know that so many people are enjoying it. And I know Nicholas and Tatiana will kill it. Mm -hmm. Um, Dion also wants to know what your favorite Sprina moment was. Ooh. I think my favorite, oh, that's tough. I do love the tree scenes. I never climbed a tree before, so that was pretty fun to climb the tree and him be there. I also liked our almost kiss. That was really cute and really, like, heartfelt. Um, So, I don't know. I'd say both of those. I'd say both. Both, both, both. All right, LaToya asks, how is it breaking the news to Nicholas that you were leaving? Oh, he looked pretty sad. I told all the teens in my dressing room and they they seemed pretty distraught. But I told Nicholas that, you know, he always inspires me to continue working and to continue finding new facets of my character. And so I'll always be grateful for that. And I think he took that really well. So hopefully I didn't break his heart too much, but I think he'll be okay. Well, you touched on this a little, but a lot of people wanted to know if you've picked a major and how your classes are going. Oh, yes. I've picked a major sociology. I finished three finals today. So the rest is just like essays and uh, cumulative work, which is not too fun, but necessary. So I'm getting it done. (laughs) I do want to double major in film. So fingers crossed. And um, yeah, that's that's my plan. I'm excited to do it. Sam, a.k.a. Storm Aquarius, wants to know what you are most looking forward to experiencing in college, campus life, joining any clubs, etc. Yes. I love that name. Storm Aquarius. Very cute. Um, Wow. What I'm looking forward to. um, I think all of it, just really the social life and fun of college and just exploring everything, I think is going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to trying new things. I think that's, this is the time to try and fail. So I'm excited to do that. Excited to see you know, what I can just do and what I can just say yes to. I've I've found, which I really love, you know, someone I really love is Ava DuVernay, who's an incredible filmmaker. But like watching some of her interviews, it was really like clear. She said she really didn't know what she was doing sometimes. She was just going for it and just kind of let it come. And so I think that's going to be the fun of college to just say, I think I could and just do it. And then let the let the details kind of settle in later. So I'm excited to just follow my heart. Well, side note, I'm a huge Queen Sugar fan. Oh, very nice. (laughs) Very nice. Um, Robert asks, when you look back at your time on General Hospital, what is the scene that you loved filming most of all? Wow. I think the scene that I loved filming most of all, I I don't know. I, I think the fun scenes, I'm trying to think of the funnest thing that we've done. 
I don't know. I think I like the school dances, things like that. The school or just anything where we're at a school or like in a bigger event. I think anything with just, you know, me, Eden, William has also just been very fun, especially when we have those light scenes where no one's crying or anything. So I think we had like a Valentine's Day scene or, yeah, I think we had a Valentine's Day scene. It's not going to be very memorable because I don't know that anything necessarily happened that day, but just shooting those is always very fun. Well, Sean had a great question, I thought. Uh, what are the things you would want to see happen for Trina and how would you like to see her relationship with Spencer develop? Oh, man, I would really love to see her get in a little bit of trouble, let Trina be a little bad. And I hope that their relationship continues and blossoms. And I would love to see what Esme is up to next. So if Esme can pull any strings, if Esme maybe can manipulate Spencer back to him or to her, excuse me. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see that what's going to happen in the drama of it. But I know Tatiana will help handle it so well. And I'm just so excited to see that performance. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly asks, how hard is it or not for you to prepare for an intense scene for Trina to argue with Esme or Spencer when right before filming, you guys may have been like laughing or having a fun, etc.? Oh, that's so good. I think the best advice I can give is just to really get in character. Like I said, when you get into your character's mind and really know what they're going through, the rest just kind of comes out naturally. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to know of you, William, Eden, Avery. Who is the most likely to be goofing off before the scene starts? <laughs> no hesitation. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ellen wants to know, will you watch GH after your exit? Maybe. Solid maybe. I don't watch a lot of TV now, so I don't know. But I will watch as much as possible. I really love when the fans tag me and like scenes they like because that is like a quick way for me to see like a two-minute excerpt of what's happening so it catches me up quick and i'm like oh good to know wow nice so that is my answer but maybe during summers i'll become a hardcore (laughs) gh watcher (laughs) now a lot of people had this question would you like to work with nicholas on a project outside of general hospital absolutely i think that would be fun for me and the fans so that would be I, i would love that for sure all right dawn wants to know will you keep in touch with your fans Of course, of course I will. I will keep you updated on everything. I hope you don't get too bored about me hearing about my grades, I guess. (laughs) um, Yes, I will keep you updated, absolutely. So thank you for wanting to take interest in my life. I still appreciate that. And I would say Chris has a great last question, which is, fans were clearly devastated to hear Sydney's leaving, but ultimately happy she's doing what's best for her. How does it feel to know how beloved she is by the fan base and how much the character of Trina is beloved due to her wonderful portrayal? Wow. It's just, it's, it's a really beautiful experience. I'm so grateful that everyone has not only been so open to my new journey, but also to character's journey and me leaving the show. I really appreciate that. And uh, I think it all ties into making Trina and kind of me human, just understanding, you know, the the coalition of everything. And I I just really, really appreciate it so, so much. I I love the fans of the show. I'm tentative to call anyone my fans, but I really love, you know, everyone and just that has supported me, supported Trina. It's been very incredible. So thank you. And I'm excited to see where I go from here. Um, I am going to throw in one question because uh, this is also something that came up, but will you continue acting in the summer? Like, how do you plan on spending your summer breaks now? 
That is a great question. Um, actually, I'm kind of signing up for internships, so maybe doing like PA jobs, assistance like that. So just really understanding like all the facets of the film industry. I really want to be in a position of power, not to sound narcissistic, but I really see myself like being able to call more shots and things like that. So I just want to have the education to back that up so no one can, you know, question my legitimacy. And I can name drop UCLA a hundred times, like I've mentioned, just filling out that quota. <laughs> but in all seriousness, just being able to do that, to have the resume, to have the skill set to back me up. So when my opportunity is ready, that I can take it and grab it by the reins and go for it. So I'm ready to do it. So are you... Like, do you consider yourself, like, semi-retired from acting or retired for the moment? Is it all on pause? Like, oh, outside of school plays? I'm not sure. You know, I'm just, well, you know, seeing where life takes me. I think anything can happen. But obviously, right now, my focus is definitely school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very, very fair. Well, Sydney, um, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I started crying during your last answer about... Uh, you know, the fans embrace of you, and you should call them your fans. You, uh, you know, you have really just been so incredible to watch. Um, we're, we're all so proud that we can call you one of our own and uh, are so excited for your future. And you do not be a stranger. We will, okay. we will gas you up and promote anything you have until the end of time. Okay, uh, thank you so much. But before right. we let you go, you know, can you try to put into words how you feel that you've grown as a person and as an artist over these past few years that you've been on GH? Wow, such a big question. I think I've really just grown as a person and as an artist by really just bringing an authenticity to screen I've never really been able to before. And I really thank GH, the fans, Frank, for just making space and allowing me to do that from you know, these moments with my best friend to, you know, these family moments, everything has been grounded in such a place of realness and pushing me to a next level. I never even cried on camera before this, you know, job. So to be able to do that has just, all of these experiences has really prepared me and made me feel that I'm really ready for whatever comes my way. So I'm just extremely, extremely, I will never stop saying how grateful I am just for this experience to to be able to be part of this world and this family and this tribe and beautiful culture and history to be able to say that I was a part of it even for such a small time has been just really incredible so I thank everyone who has supported me from my days just my small days at the gallery to getting a family to even till the end I really appreciate it and hopefully maybe I get to make a cameo on GH in the future but <laughs> I, I, I can't thank everyone enough for how much this has meant to me. Well, Sydney, I just based on what we've had this conversation in the last hour, you will be doing amazing things. We will be reading about you and hearing about you for years to come. But thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck. You are by far the most impressive young person I've met in years. <laughs> so um, thank, thank you so you. much for everything you've shared with us today. And again, best of luck to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Sydney. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Sydney Michaela for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.